Welcome back, everybody. It's Monday. Dominic Lee. We're back together again. Oh, it's just incredible. In this lovely studio that at some point we both will get to call home. This is true. We're recording on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Big day. Big day. Um, Big how are you How are you doing, though? I'm well. You know, last night's fights, quite incredible. But we'll mm-hmm. get into that later. But you're back here. How was your weekend at home with the family? It was good. Uh, Mama had a good birthday. Um, shout out to her. Of course. But, uh, Hope yeah, you're listening. Yeah, I got to have dinner with uh, my dad today as well. So Or lunch, dinner, same thing, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was good to see everybody. But I'm glad to be back. Back with you here to talk about these fights last night. Because even though I was home celebrating a birthday... I said, Mom, I said, I don't care what you're doing Saturday night. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and she understands. Yeah, it's a business. It's a business. Yeah. But with that being said, enough about us. I think it's time to get into the news. The news. Only one fight announcement. Only one. And elephant in the room here. <laughs> a whole segment of news. <laughs> That we skipped Friday. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm gonna say that it was because, for time's sake, I wanted to put more news on Monday's episode and split it up. But really, it's because I just forgot. Yeah. And we just skipped on into the predictions. But so anyways. We're, we're some, being transparent. So some of this news is from, probably should have been, most of it should have been on Friday's episode. But that's okay, because now we just have a fuller news segment. Exactly. Here. But the one fight announcement that happened over the course of the weekend... Legend fight. Legend fight. A lot of legend fights lately. I like it. Two guys that are likely at the very end here. Diego... Well, the fight is Donald Cerrone versus Diego Sanchez. Happening wow. May 8th. It's our first fight announcement for May. Um, Diego has made it clear that this will be his last fight. Donald has not necessarily said the same, but, but Dana knows has, it's his way yeah, out. And Dana's kind of alluded to the fact that he's about to have that com- the conversation yeah. that he calls it with these guys that he's had with like Chuck Liddell and uh, BJ Penn guys like that. So yeah, I'm actually very excited for this one. I get it. These are two guys that are past their prime. They're not quite what they were at their heights. You know, both these guys have fought for belts. Mm-hmm. People forget Diego Sanchez fought BJ Penn back in the day, um, got beat up, but he's the original ultimate fighter winner. He deserves the some OG. respect. Yeah. Despite the fact that he's a bit out there and he's kind of made some interesting career choices Always in the been last a couple of years, yeah. he's, he's you know I, I have a lot of respect for Diego for his impact in the UFC. Cowboy Cerrone, I mean, the all time leader in wins, all time leader in finishes. And I hate that he's got this losing streak attached to him. I know he went to a draw with Nico Price, but that was a fight where he was probably going to lose mm-hmm. if not for the fact that Nico had a point taken away. However, Cowboys fought for the belt. I fight, believe. Was it twice? I know he fought against Definitely RDA. Wants. He may have. Did he fight Benson Henderson against Benson or Pettis? One of the two. I think he's only fought once. I think against RDA. I think um, Nate Diaz fought Benson Henderson for the belt at one point, and I kind of they were both on like Fox cards, yeah. so I kind of forget. But both these guys have fought for belts, and you know, I know Cowboys got this losing streak, but still fighting killers. Though. You know, and this might be kind of revealing a little bit more about what I think of this fight prediction wise, but I think Cowboy still has quite a bit more left than someone like Diego Sanchez mm-hmm. has because 
anybody remember just two years ago when Cowboy had the the dad Cerrone run? Literally, literally about to fight for a title. If he beat Tony Ferguson, he was fighting for. A he belt. was ranked fifth in the world. People so. forget that. I mean, he was looking fantastic. Mm-hmm. His fight against Ally Quinta. Yeah. Mike Perry he stopped Alexander Hernandez on his yep. tear. Um, that was a great run for him. So I think he still has a lot left. I just think he's been going up against really oh, yeah, tough competition. Man. And not that he shouldn't be, because, you know, he was ranked fifth. But I just think that it's the way it goes sometimes. But I think it's a good matchup here. Um, if it's the last fight for both of them, I hope they go out with a bang. I think they All will. this will be, yeah. I'd should imagine, be, anyway. Should be fun. Do you have any other thoughts on this? It, it's You almost wish they'd give them the main event slot just because it's them two. Yeah. I don't think that's the case, no, I don't think but so. that would be fun. But either way, that's a great fight. Definitely a Legends fight. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Still a little ways away, but I had to bring that up, of course. So, Yeah, but that's the end of the fight announcements. As for the rest, we got quite a bit to go over here. Or everything that we missed Friday. <laughs> yeah, what we missed uh, we're going to start with UFC veteran James Vick. Um, he's kind of became a bit of a meme over the last few years. Is that unfortunate. Say, I think a lot of it stems from that justice. At, at the beginning fight. of it, it was like a karma thing, but now it's Let's like, start ah. with James Vick at one point looked like one of the most promising prospects mm-hmm. in that lightweight division. Um, he's a very tall, lanky guy. Great striker. Great striker. And then something started happening. Yeah. The moment he got touched in the face, he talked way too much shit about Justin Gaethje. The sure. Justin Gaethje fight, I think, is where most That's of when it this, most of the people that don't like the him. hatred and the. I mean, the he bitterness. literally. I remember he he was the favorite. James Vick was the favorite in that fight. Gaethje was. This like was a, coming off of Gaethje's back to back losses. Gaethje was, I believe, a late replacement too. And um, in their press conference, James Vick said, "Like, congrats on getting a spot in the main." event after I'm done with you you'll be back fighting on the prelims you're the Homer Simpson of MMA all this and that and James Vick you want to talk about times when karma showed in MMA this is one of the top five was at this moment he knew he fucked up yeah and he he got one punch KO three straight in the UFC Um, I believe another time he got up kicked by Nico Price up kicked by Nico Price what was the other one Uh, didn't Hooker beat him I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was Dan Hooker yeah so he went on a four fight losing streak at starting with the Gaethje fight so from the moment he started talking the trash to Gaethje he lost four straight fights three of which were via KO and then got released by the UFC yeah and just fought at X MMA or something something, a free fight card on YouTube last week and got KO'd again making that five straight losses four of them via KO and the next day announced his retirement from professional mixed martial arts so it's bittersweet you know um yeah, I don't want to it, talk bad about him. At one point, like, it, when Gaethje knocked him out, I definitely was like... It was that, like, you deserve that. It felt like uh, like karma, right? Yeah, you know? exactly. It was like, all right, you got shut up. But now, at this point, then, it's like... It feels like I'm kicking a guy when he's down. Yeah, yeah. So, That's why, like, when I keep seeing the people kind of really just stabbing him, like, digging stop. that knife in stop. a little deeper. It's like, all right, guys, like, we had our fun, Wait, yeah. but let's just... It's still a guy's guy, life. I mean, he just retired because of this. And yeah. it's such a shame because he had such a promising oh. career. That guy, I remember, you know, I, they were some tweets made about this after his fight he just had where 
they were showing articles from when he, you know, before he had lost even his first fight. And they were saying that he might be the guy to beat someone like Conor McGregor mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, you know, there people really had high hopes for him in that division. And I could see why, like, at moments he looked incredible. But, unfortunately, you know, sometimes the body just, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, lose at the same pace. And everybody's everybody. chin has to go. And, you know, he's not an old guy, but... Mm. Unfortunately for him, it's just the chin just kind of left before yeah, he, he was getting hit. He far. was still in like a physical prime, but when you can't take a punch and you're a striker, yeah, you can't train your jaw. You know? Yeah, it's it's unfortunate for him. So I feel for him, uh, James. You know, appreciate the years you put into the sport and to the UFC, the memories. All the best in yeah, retirement. All the best in retirement. Um, keep your head high. I think there's still a chance that he can. I'd like to see him maybe, you know. In some capacity, whether he has like a podcast or um, starts doing that different interview appearances, I'd like to see him kind of work his way back into the good yeah. graces of the fan base. Because coaching, training, even. MMA is a very fickle fan base, mm-hmm. and um, but I think they also are very forgiving at the same time. That's so, true. That's true. Um, I think there's still hope for him to kind of do that if he wants to. Moving on, we're gonna go with the PFL. Or PFL. As back, announced, baby. They're back. They're back. And they have announced a few different things, right? So they announced when they're kind of coming back and what divisions are going to be holding. Do they just call them tournaments, Grand Prix? Grand Prix, tournaments. Yeah, however you want to word it. Yeah. So we got the men's featherweight, lightweight, welterweight, and light heavyweight that all got announced for 2021. Um, might be more to come. On Maybe more divisions will get announced, yeah. but... Uh, they're debuting Friday, April 23rd, 6 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Yes. UFC is not the only dog in MMA on this app anymore. And then they're rerunning it at 9 on ESPN2. Yeah, so, so shout out to the PFL. You know, they had a really bad 2020 just because they couldn't really even. But they got big in 2019. They had a good year. They did, and they've made some good moves. You know, they've signed some really good guys, and I think that they're set to have a good bounce back here mm-hmm. in 2021. Uh, just a few of the fighters that were announced. Uh, I could talk about a lot of these guys that maybe most of you wouldn't have heard of, but here's some of the UFC the bigger veterans. Names, you yeah. know? Uh, light heavyweight Tom Lawler and Cesar Ferreira. Welterweight Rory McDonald. Lightweight Anthony Pettis, their that's biggest signing. That's obviously most excited for uh, that. Olivier Aubin Mercier, that's a guy who... Dark, with GSP. Dark, dark horse for that mm-hmm. division. And then featherweight Lance Palmer. I think there's a good chance that these guys, um, that this, this year is just going to be a really big year for them. And, and if they decide to go with women's lightweight with for Kayla... We you know, know Kayla will be there. Interesting to see what they do with Clarissa Shields. I don't yep. know if she's going to debut this year, Yep. but she is signed with the PFL. I forgot about that. So yeah. that'll be fun. But it's as a fight fan, it's just good to see the PFL back. We're about to be in full swing. We've got big things we're going to talk about with one. UFC is obviously full yeah. go. Bellator is returning, I believe, in April as well. No specifics. They have a big announcement, actually, this Tuesday. Yeah, they've been teasing So, uh, I think it's going to be Rumble Johnson's debut fight. They'll probably probably announce a full card. Or Or like a Grand Prix or something. But, uh, yeah, so they're all getting in a full swing. 2021, first quarter, off to a hot start. But the PFL is coming back. And selfishly, as fight fans, you know, it's hard sometimes to be as big of fans of the sport as we are. Because, you know, we've been... Now that we have this platform, we've been wanting to branch out and check out we just more want to Bellator, learn, learn, FC, learn, learn. Yeah. Ryzen, PFL. 
But it's hard when, like, for Bellator, you got to pay how much a month for DAZN? Yeah. It's, it can add up if you're trying to watch all of these different promotions every month. And it's a lot of time. However, it helps PFL on ESPN+. Plus. We already got that for the UFC. So if you guys are UFC fans, you have ESPN+. Plus. Check out the PFL when it comes back. Mm-hmm. I think you might be pleasantly surprised that there's they they do have good fighters. There's a lot of good MMA out there. That's and there's going to be the UFC. Like they are going to have a lot of older veterans, but they are going to have their own young talent. Yeah, too. So there's a lot they, of guys I mentioned. They I have mentioned. A Usman Nurmagomedov. I think is either Bellator or PFL as well. There's so many Nurmagomedovs out there these days. Yeah. But. There are young talent that they still go and scout out, so it'll be fun. Looking mm-hmm. forward to it. Yeah, and uh, as you mentioned, one FC will move on to this is this, this is, is another huge. Actually, if there was a promotion that had a worse twenty twenty than PFL, it was probably one FC, and they were pretty mum. They they didn't say give it. There wasn't a lot, you know, that they were saying themselves. They were just talking about how they could, you know, what a big year they had planned for twenty twenty one. Always looking ahead. However. It appears that a lot of whispers have been coming out of some of the some of their people there that they were in bad financial times. Um, there was an article that came out a couple weeks. I think ago. it was on Bloody Elbow. Yeah, something. it was uh, 2019. They had like upwards of 90 some million in losses. Uh, not great, but a big announcement. This here. is huge. I'm very excited like, about this. This was awesome to see. This they have announced that they will be debuting one. On TNT. TNT Multiple Network. events to be held in April. First one. Oh, baby. Headline, headlined by a familiar face. The mouse. The, <laughs> the mighty mouse. <laughs> the mouse. Uh, Demetrius Johnson. No Mickey here, folks. <laughs> For the belt. <laughs> For the belt. He's Yeah, it's crazy. He won. To, uh, did he, he had some form of like a Grand Prix for their flyweight division. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're finally getting to and this do is finally the, uh, him undisputed. So yeah, people might not realize it, but he's not even the current flyweight champion. Yeah, he's essentially looked at as like an interim. So I'm excited to see how he holds up against the what's considered the best flyweight that One FC has as he buys for the belt. And that's perfect for one because every like even casual viewers at least have heard of Mighty Mouse. So for them to not only get to TNT Network, but you're going to start it with Demetrius. That's big for them, and I believe it's like three or four events in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're out in uh, Asia; that's where they're like located. But they're doing it on America time for this set, obviously for TNT. So uh, looking forward to watching that because one and Ryzen are the two that for us in the United States is hardest to watch because mm-hmm. they're like twelve hours ahead of us or whatever it is. So it's like they're fighting when it's four a.m. here and all that stuff. So. We really get lucky a lot in the States, but I digress. I'm looking forward to this. One FC on TNT Network. Everybody gets TNT. If, any, if anybody's a pro wrestling fan or grew up a pro wrestling fan like me and Dom did, this reminds me so much of, you know, WWE had the, when they first debuted Monday Night Raw, they were the only show in town, right? They were on USA Network at the time. Their product got a little stale. Incomes. WCW, yeah. who gets a deal on TNT, yep. and then they go head-to-head, Monday Night Wars, which yeah. was probably the best time to be a pro wrestling fan, that 1997 to 2002 time frame. So basically, by the end of 2021, UFC versus one championship <laughs> event book it. I'm not saying that, <laughs> but I am saying that it just it feels it feels similar for one to come on yeah. here. It's like, okay, you know, now you got uh, 
Bellator on CBS. CBS Sports Network. Yeah, yeah. and I just think that's really cool that these these networks are really embracing MMA, it seems. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously the UFC is a big catalyst for that. They're kind of the biggest show around, so that way it's like a big test for the sport on TV. But it's good to so see. So many people are going to be interviewed. I'm glad that it doesn't appear yet, and, you know, it's still a chance it could, but it... I am glad as big of fans of the UFC as we are and as good much as we want to see it succeed, and it is what we primarily watch, I don't want it to turn into something like the NFL or the NBA. I don't want it Where to it's like be a monopoly the almost. only place to really watch. Mm-hmm. And so far, other TNT, CBS, they're kind of making sure that's not the case, and I'm just happy for mm-hmm. that. Exactly. I like to see a little diversity, you know. Uh, now our kind of last news story here is going to be all about what the fuck's going on with the lightweight division. I don't right? know. I don't know. So where do you want to start? Do you want to start uh, with Tony? I think yes. Well, Tony tweeted again today. Oh, okay. but let's start with this one that okay. we wanted yeah. to talk about Friday. Okay. So Tony Ferguson called out Nate Diaz. First off, yes please, and he said 155 or 170, he don't care. Second, yes please. It's crazy that fight actually has never happened. Uh, Chael P was even talking about that. Like, wow, how have we let this happen as fight fans? This fight has never yeah. occurred. Uh, so I'm down for this, but I'm just down for the lightweight division to get rolling in some way, yeah. shape, or form. That's a good way to put it. So first, I guess, thoughts on Tony and Nate Diaz. I am all for it. I think that these are two guys in similar situations in their career. You know, I think Tony... I, I always feel for Tony Ferguson. You know, I know he's had a two-fight losing streak, but he was one of the best in the world at one time. People still, you know, not as much as they did at one point, but they always are going to talk about how that him and Habib fight never happened. Mm-hmm. But in the same vein, I still think Tony had the potential to really be, like, a big star. Like, I don't know if yeah. he, he never quite got that because he never quite headlined enough. You know, he had that fight with Kevin Lee, that headline for an interim belt. Besides that, he never really did it. He was a co-main against Anthony Pettis on the Conor Habib card. And then well, he did headline against Justin Gaethje. That was mm-hmm. the UFC's welcome back. So he's kind of flirted with being like a big star. But I think a fight with Diaz could really sell well. and That's, I think it could really... It'd be nice to see Tony get a nice real big payday. As yeah, kind in, of, the, in the fight itself? And it, yeah. I mean, that's if you want to talk about that, as that's, Tony's hitting the twilight of his career... That's I don't, Take take out your preconceived notions because of the Charlie Olives fight or the Justin Gaethje fight. Tony Ferguson is still damn good. Oh yeah. People just don't. That's two. I mean, those two guys are They're potentially top three in the world. Potentially the next champions. Yeah. So, uh, just because Tony might not be at that level, doesn't mean that he's fallen off. He still beats nothing. a lot of ranked. And it's rates. not an easy fight, Nate Diaz. And I, I hate to like even act like he is he's not Nate Diaz is a tough matchup for anybody but Nate Diaz is in a similar situation he's, his last fight was Jorge Masvidal mm-hmm. for the BMF belt lost that fight pretty easily before that he beat Anthony Pettis but then you go before that and he had the Connor fight so yeah. he's not he's been very inactive you know over these few years but I, I just think that they're in similar situations it's more it's less about getting to a belt at this point it's more about legacy that's what this fight is. Like, oh yeah, fight. that's a huge fight. Fan, you talk about fan favorite. Fans and their styles mix well. I think that's a violent fight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next up, I yeah. want to talk about Tony from today. Okay. He tweeted talking shit about <laughs> Justin and Charlie Olives in the same tweet. I didn't see this. And said that 
you neither one of you finished me, champ shit only, blah 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 blah. Tim hitting the pad, you know, typical Tony yeah. tweet. Justin quote tweeted it and said, like something to the extent of, "I did in fact finish you. You might want to check the check the tapes, buddy." Uh, so then it's like. Okay, I don't need a Gaethje versus Ferguson rematch. Tony, what are you doing? You yeah. did get finished by Gaethje, first off. Technically, you didn't get finished by Charles, but, uh, you know, it wasn't very close. <laughs> I don't think that's... Yeah, I like, think it's just Tony being Tony. I think it's... Stirring yeah. the pot. Just, just talking shit. Uh, so then the next part, this might be the most interesting piece. Michael Chandler almost fought this Saturday. This coming Saturday at UFC 258. Against? Charles, Charles Oliveira. Excuse you heard that right. Excuse me? Yeah. Well, just just for shits and gigs? Co-main event, two weeks notice. Two of the best fighters in the world. Dana, <laughs> we love you. Oh, oh, Dana, I love you. You need to quit offering Charles Oliveira two-week notice fights. It's pissing me off. Please, please If stop. I hear one more time that Charles Oliveira turned down a fight... That, that's always the headline. Yeah. Charles Oliveira turns down fight. Read the fight. Dot, dot, dot. Couldn't make the weight On two, two weeks. weeks' notice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Charles Oliveira's a big-ass dude. He can't just cut weight like that. <laughs> well, it was funny, like Dan Hooker saying, like, Char- Charlie Oliveira. I've like, seen broomsticks thicker than that, man. <laughs> it's like, come on, Dan. You really think he couldn't make the weight? That broomstick's bigger than that, man. We digress. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Damn it. Stop. It's okay. Okay. Let's... There's more to this here, because it's looking like we're about to get Poirier-McGregor 3. It looks like Chandler's about to fight for a belt against somebody. It looks somebody. like Chandler's about to fight for a belt against... Gaethje or Charles Oliveira. Yeah. And it looks like Dustin Poirier doesn't really mind... Dustin fight. seems fine at letting the division play out and at why he chases the bag and fights Connor again. Which, honestly, respect. You know, the more I sit on it... I w- if, first... he, if, if, if Dustin himself is okay with not fighting for the belt... Then me as a Dustin fan can be okay. And I, I have the same sentiment. It's yeah. like, okay, he obviously, sh- it should be him and Charles Oliveira. Yes, you go that off. is the fight. Yeah. But if he wants to go fight Connor a third time, I get it. That's a huge fight. I, You know, he saw Connor's Instagram post. He really seems to have learned a lot from that fight. And mm. I think you could be seeing a new type of, per- he even admitted the whole thing about Manny, he was setting up yeah. that Manny Pacquiao fight, which really makes me wonder, okay, so that whole season talk was just kind of bullshit. Unless you include the man. I don't Who count. Knows? It's different sports, all right? Connor's interesting. Yeah, he's just an interesting guy, right? But I, I not not talking shit. Go make your money. Yeah. You know, but. Uh, so. Here's, gonna, what, here's what's going to happen. Okay. We're going to get McGregor versus Poirier 3. In the summer. I would say or in the summer. June, probably. probably. Yeah. Maybe May. And I think we're going to get Michael Chandler versus... Charles Oliveira for the belt. Okay, so that was going to be my question. So let me just throw this question anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I'm just going to reword my question. What do you do with Gaethje then? Yeah, that's that's a good or question. Or do you do... <coughs> now, you probably don't do this. I was going to say, do you do Gaethje, Chandler, winner fights Oliveira for the belt? But See, then I, that just delays it. I feel like it. the odd man out needs to fight RDA. Hmm... And that seems like a bit of a step down for Gaethje because he just lost a title fight. Now you have him fight number six, but RDA, RDA though, is that's... former champ and a guy that's surging right now. Yeah, what I th- I could also totally see the UFC. <sighs> At first, I thought they really bought in to Charles for a title, but yeah, now now they seem to be kind of backtracking Man, on it. I really want Gaethje and Chandler. 
for some reason. So if they do, but I, Gaethje, but I need if Charles they do, to fight for the belt. If they do Gaethje Chandler for the belt, then you do Charles RDA, and that's still a great fight. I don't know. If, but does Charles even take that fight? I I mean I bet Charles sits if he doesn't like if he doesn't get a title fight he might sit he might and I, just don't, I don't know I don't you, know. you've seen mixed results for guys when that happens right you see someone like Colby Covington sit and it yeah. doesn't really work out for him you see Stipe sit it does work out for him. yeah it kind of depends on what other fights fall through if they do Gaethje versus Chandler and one of those guys can't make it to the dance. All of a sudden, Charles gets the call, and he's stepping in. I mean, I guess Chandler Oliveira makes more sense for a belt than Chandler Gaethje because Gaethje's coming off a loss. Even yeah. though it was for the belt against Habib, so it's like... I mean, that's, uh, But, I mean, you kind of... got di- finished. It was pretty this decisive. Isn't, this isn't... No, I'm just saying this to be devil's advocate. You had a different sentiment when it was Paulo Costa, who had lost against Adesanya for the belt, getting a title fight against Robert Whitaker. Oh, like if him and Robert yeah. are for an interim belt, you kind of felt differently. And I know that Paulo, I know it was a, yeah. I know there's a, diff- a lot of different factors, but that's true. I'm just saying that, like, I think Gaethje needs to get a win back. Yeah, I mean, I know, I mean, I think he needs to win one. All he needs is one. He right. doesn't need any more than one, no matter who it is. So yeah, I mean, Chandler Oliveira and May for the belt. I'm fine. I'm. Or it might April. be sooner than might that. Be April. It might be April. I think it's a good fight. You know, I tell you what, though, any of those three, sign me up. Gaethje Chandler, Gaethje Oliveira, Chandler Oliveira. Isn't it crazy that it seems like the only one who's for certain going to be in a title fight is Michael Chandler, and he's fought once in the UFC. And I'm telling you, man, it's because not only did he win the debut, he fucking looked so and what's perfect. So, and what's going to be disappointing is if after Dustin and Connor fight a third time, there's a chance Dustin might never fight. Here's again. my problem. This is my issue. This is my w- issue if Dustin actually does go fight Connor. First off, if they make that fight for a belt, I'm rioting. Mm-hmm. Only because of the Connor part. <laughs> anyway, what if? What if I just have to pose the question before this is the last thing, and we'll get into the mm-hmm. recap. What if Dustin loses in the third fight with Connor? Then he can't fight for a belt. Then Connor's fighting for a belt. Yeah. Dustin probably retires. I think there's a good chance Dustin Poirier is not fighting in 2022. Really? I think this is the last year for him. You could tell just the post-fight comments. It seems like yeah. he's the fact that he's going to chase the third fight rather than fighting for a belt. So an ideal 2021 for. Dustin is. He gets the trilogy with Connor, beats Connor, fights for the belt, ends the year as the champ. Boom. Then retires. That's that's and then we're, could... and then honestly, if that's the case, we have to look back at Dustin's career. And I'm dead serious. You look at his resume. Top ten. He's one of the best fighters ever in the UFC. If ever. He, if he ever. Beat, especially if he beats Connor the second time. And he might and be then, the second best lightweight. I mean, really, Steve. titles are a big thing for me. Like, you know, that's a that's really... The, Preferably, Dustin wins the belt and defends once. But just to get to the belt. The fact that he lost the... He won the interim belt and then mm-hmm. lost to Habib. And then if he came back again and got... His the, resume is quite incredible. Yeah. Anyone who... Like, obviously, you probably understand that Dustin's good. But if you actually like, look at his resume... It's insane. That's what, which is why it's so funny to me that everybody's so... You know, I know I picked Connor in that fight. Connor's the betting favorite in the trilogy, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But I'm just saying, I'm, I, th- I think it speaks to the fact that so many people still were like, Connor lost to a bum? 
What? Yeah. Yeah, it's not true. So this I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pose a question to our listeners here right before we get into the recap. Uh, let us know with a voice message or in the comments on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram, preferably a voice message so we can mm-hmm. get your beautiful voice on the yeah, podcast. Of course. What do you think? What should happen with the lightweight division? Who really should be, curious. Who should be fighting for the belt? Yeah. Who should be? You know, should Connor versus Dustin three be immediately f- ran back? Yeah. Uh, what happens with Justin Gaethje or? If you say Gaethje versus Chandler, where's that leave Oliveira? Does he yeah. fight RDA? Does he fight Paul Felder? Does he fight? Yeah. Does he Do sit? I don't know. Yeah. So let, let us know. know. You get you got sixty seconds. Yeah. Plenty of time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we'll feature you. So yep. I'm really curious. So thank you. But until then, that's the end of the news. The news. It's time to recap fights. <laughs> Hashtag. UFC Vegas 18. By the end of the year, we're going to be like UFC Vegas 40. (laughs) Anyway. Um, It was a good night of fights. It was. And it started on a bit of a downer, as as is the case sometimes. No matter how close close to the card we preview. We can do a Friday morning and still. We still be losing a fight every now and then. This dead ass got canceled like six hours before the fight. (laughs) Cody Stamen versus Askar Askar was taken off the card. Askar Askar was not medically cleared. Poor Cody Stamen. Cody Stamen, that was his three different opponents. But it looks like they might run it back with Marab. That was the the original opponent, and I think that would be a good fight. So hopefully they run that back. But because of that. Our main car got shaken up. We actually had two fights added to the main. Well, yeah, they yeah. kept it as six fights. So, so I the, that. the fight we previewed for the prelims, Clay Guida, Michael Johnson, got, got bumped, bumped way up, uh, way up, and then Danilo Marquise, 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 Mar- Mar- I think it's Marquise, might be, uh, and Mike Rodriguez ended up opening the card here. Yeah. So I'm going to run through the results, and then we'll just go fight by fight. Let's do it. So we opened light heavyweight Danilo Marquise, Marquise, Marquez, Marquez, yeah. you pick. He got a technical submission with the rear naked choke. Four minutes, 52 seconds of the second round. Put to, put to sleep. Over Mike Rodriguez. Then, lightweight, the mm. fight. This was the fight. Support Overtime Heroics. Support Dominic Salee. Check us out on Twitter. We'd be retweeting those articles all the time. <laughs> but this is the fight that Dom broke down. Yeah. And he got correct. Yeah. Yeah. But Neil Dariush getting a split decision win, which we'll talk about, yeah. over Diego Fajera, 29-28. For on two for Benil and 29-28 for Diego on one. Flyweight. Alexandre Pantoja stops. Welcome to the UFC. Well, I shouldn't say stops, but he defeats Manel Cape, welcomes him to the UFC, and swiftly beats him. Fun fight. Uh, yep, unanimous decision. 29-28 on two judges' scorecards, 30-27 on the third. Lightweight, legend fight. Clay Guida gets the unanimous decision win over Michael Johnson. Great Cody. fight. 30-27 on all fun three fun. scorecards. Very fun. Co-main event. Holy shit. Corey Sanhagen. Holy shit. Uh, future champ? Uh, yes. <laughs> he knocked out Frankie Edgar with a flying knee. 28 seconds into the first round. It, it, we'll get into it. And our main event, if he dies, he dies. He dies. Drago. Drago Alexander Volkov gets a TKO. It was a KO. It was, but yeah. Credit is a TKO. It was kind of an awkward. It was weird. Alistair Overeem, one last ride, one last crash. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes, six seconds of the second round. But before we get into those. You caught me off guard with that. <laughs> we start with Danila Marquise, Marquise, Marquez, and Mike Rodriguez. Yeah, Dominic. 
<laughs> you guys couldn't see. Couple takeaways. Yeah. Oh. Undercard takeaways. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, it's like a, it's like a. I'm not, I'm not going to call it a new segment. Well, but my, dare I say, I, I this mi- is my new segment. I missed the prelims, so the truth be told, I was out to eat with my mom. So. Yeah. Every now and again, there's something that catches eye on the prelims, and we'll give them a shout out. I got a couple shout outs here. Prelim right. shout outs with Dom and Noah. All right. Here Let's we go. So number one, Oday Osborne. 26-second uh, KO in the first round over Jerome Rivera. Coming off of a torn... Or no, that was Devontae Smith. I apologize. We're going to talk about him. Yeah. Ode Osborne, a school teacher when he's not fighting, going back to class on Monday morning, told his students in the post-fight presser, do your damn homework. <laughs> if, if he's my teacher, I'm doing my damn homework as soon I as he so says too. Look out for Ode Osborne, born in Jamaica. Only, I think he's like 10-3, and three, nine finishes. Very good. Again, 26-second KO in the first round. Next takeaway, Laura Fritzen Procopio defeated Molly Meatball McMahon, or McCann, I apologize. Uh, It was a unanimous decision. Only 25 years old. 8-1 or 9-1 now. Dominant grappling. Very good jiu-jitsu transitions. Be on the lookout for her. And Molly McCann, a legend of English women's MMA. I'm going to be honest with you. I think Procopio... Already deserves a top 15 after this performance. Ooh, nice. couple wins in the UFC already, but this was very convincing over a very tough I agree. Fly, flyweight, yes. still pretty new division. And at 25 years old, we love prospects. Mm-hmm. So here's another one. Be on the lookout for her, Laura Procopio. Last but not least, on the undercard shout-outs, Devontae Smith, OH. IO. Came in, TKO in the second round, Dr. Stoppage, and his eye about fell out of his face. It was pretty gross. Against Justin James. Devontae Smith coming off of a torn Achilles over a year out, comes in and looks dominant from start to finish. Look out for Devontae Smith at lightweight, by the way. Dude, those torn Achilles. Serious stuff. They might be worse than a torn ACL at this point because that's the injury that's affected a lot of NBA players. Yeah. I believe uh, Kevin Durant. Yep. I think even Clay Thompson. Yeah, Kobe. Uh, yeah, Kobe. A few other Devontae guys. said Kobe is his inspiration for his recovery. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. But, yeah, that's a very devastating injury, so it was nice to see him come in here and get a big win. Yeah, and almost all of his wins are via finish. Only one loss on his record. Look out for Devontae Smith at the lightweight division. A lot of people forgot about him. He's only 27. He'll be back soon, too. So mm-hmm. Those are the undercard uh, shout-outs with Noah and Don. <laughs> now the main card. Yes. Danilo Marquise. Marquise? Marquez? You pick. Versus Mike Rodriguez. Go ahead and break down the action here, Dom. It was all Danilo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, all of round one really was clinch control and ground control. Mike Rodriguez had no answers. It was disappointing. Mike Rodriguez is a guy that came off of that controversial loss to Ed... Uh, Ed, Ed Herman. Sher- Herman. Herman. I almost said Sherman. That's the singer, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we've seen we've now seen Mike Rodriguez three times since we started this podcast. Yeah, yeah he's a, might be one of the most featured fighters mm-hmm. on here. Uh, so it was all Danilo. Joe Lozon, I actually wanted to point out, is in Mike Rodriguez's corner. So just oh, a nice. fun fact there. But uh, it didn't work because yeah. Danilo <laughs> put Mike to sleep with a rear naked choke. Four minutes, 52 seconds into round two. Again, it was all Danilo here from start to finish. All on the ground. Mike's known as a striker, and it was it showed here. He really had no answers. It wasn't like a pure, just, I don't want to say domination, but it was from start to finish, just Marquez did whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ground and pound wasn't very prominent. It was just more transitioning and whatnot. But at the end of the day, he got a stoppage, and that's what you all you can ask for. So he stopped Rodriguez. Not too many huge takeaways, but he looked good. I'll give it to him. Yeah. Um, shout out to Marquise. Marquise. 
Marquez? You pick. <laughs> uh, Mike Rodriguez is no slouch, man. I mean, we've seen him in our very first fight night we previewed. Mm-hmm. He knocked out uh, oh Marcin Procnio. Yeah, yeah. Then that Ed Herman fight, he was dominating that fight. That sucks. For that, him, it really, that was a really tough L there just because he... Well, the UFC said he, literally said he threw an illegal knee, right? Yeah, in the nuts, but it was clearly to the body. Mm-hmm. And Herman literally Herman, shelled up. Herman like it was, was over. Herman was like done. Yeah, and then Herman comes back and is able to get the stoppage. He was like a Kimura, too. Yeah, so disappointing there. And then he has this loss where he kind of just got this one completely outclassed. Yeah, this one was a bad performance. But. So, but I think that speaks more to Danilo's capabilities yeah. than how you know. Wish we could have got a full breakdown of this. Yeah, guy. I had never seen Danilo. Mm-hmm. I don't think before. But, yesterday um, so i am definitely going to be on the lookout for him now yeah. and i still have hope for mike rodriguez to bounce back here i just think he was completely out of his league here yeah, yeah. um moving on and i'm going to let you start here again because this is your fight this is the one but neil dare you getting that split decision <laughs> over Diego yeah Fajera. it wasn't a split but Benil but... moves into the top 10 yeah just 31 years old we're we are the Benil Darius fan club. We are stands. Yes. There's not many people we stand. You know, Benil Darius, Charles Al- Oliveira, Charles Oliveira, Alan Joban, anybody from Ohio, anybody from Ohio. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Welcome to the fan club. Yeah. So this this was the official fight of the night award, and I'm going to go ahead and get fight of the night as well. Okay. Very close competition that Noah's going to mention later, but this was fight of the night for me, as expected. Honestly, uh, I will say it played out. For the most part, how I broke it down, but at the same time, Benil was actually going for a lot of takedowns. Uh, Diego did pretty well for the most part in stopping them. Uh, Dayush hurt Diego very badly with a knee in the first round, and then from there just kind of controlled the grappling transitions. Diego did stick out that knee, or grind it out and finish the round, I should say. I was trying to think of a good way to word that. But uh, nevertheless, I had it 1-0 for Dayush. More ground control from Benil in round two. A lot of groundwork in round two, by far the most in the whole fight. And this was where I got thrown off because I knew coming in, and in my preview I even mentioned, Benil actually did have more submission victories than Diego. And he is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, just like Diego. But on the feet, I just felt like Dariush would be able to capitalize way more. But he wanted to wrestle and grapple a lot last night, so all the power to him really showed off his well-roundedness. Diego looked very good on the feet, too. I'm, I'm going to give him credit there. Uh, There's a really bad cup check, so I did mark a cup check down on the notepad. Benil finished with five takedowns. Yeah, very that was the most right? takedowns in his MMA career, or in his UFC career, I should say, which is like 19 fights now or something crazy. But yeah, it was a split. At the worst, <laughs> you give Diego one round, and it's a unanimous 29-28. However, one of the judges saw it for Diego. You know, I'm not going to hate on it. And listen... Diego has three losses, two of them to Dariush and one to Dustin Poirier. That's it. Yeah. So Diego is going to be back. The only issue here, Diego is like 36, 37 years old. Doesn't have a ton of time left. Yes. So he he can make a run, but like Noah said, not too much time. For Dariush, only 31 years old, just now into that physical prime, his second win over Diego. He's finally going to crack top 10 next. This was what you wanted for a Benil Dariush uh, fight, and especially as a fan. And I'll tell you what hurts here Let's for Ferreira. Just the fact that he, he had that big win over Anthony Pettis mm. and then proceeded to not fight again for a whole year. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know, maybe... I, and, that, and this I, is not me judging him. There's a lot of outside yeah. factors. And 
COVID, well, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, it, it affects everybody different, affects the way people train, all that. So I get it. It's just, it hurt him. Yeah. Uh, that's all, that's the, no doubt about it. And especially now that he lost here, he's going to be right outside that top 10. I, it was a good fight, though. I thought he showed enough to where, like, it's not like he got dominated here. Yeah. I mean, I know it was a very clear win for Dariush. That split decision, pretty egregious, if I say so myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm not mad because at the end of the day, Dariush won. But <clears throat> if one other judge was dumb enough to give that fight to Ferreira, then we'd be looking at a robbery. And mm-hmm. I just, when we're such big fans of Benil, that would have pissed us off. So it just, I didn't like it that it was even close to that. However, Dariush is going to be around number 10 now. However, that road ahead, that's where you get into the killer's row, man. Well, okay, speaking, before we get into the matchmaking, did you hear his post-fight presser? I did not. So he kind of went off in a nice way. In a nice way. Mm. So he was essentially saying how I'm sick of being, like, overlooked, where he's not getting offered as high-ranked guys as he thinks. And he even argued, he said Diego should have been fighting a top-five guy, not me. And he said I should be fighting top ten as well. Um, And he was kind of saying, like, I'm looked at from the rest of the lightweights as too big of a risk to fight, but no reward if you beat me. Mm. And he's sick of being looked at That's that way. way. to put it. So he was kind of going off last night in a nice way. He even apologized to Sean Shelby after the fact, kind of mm. like clearing the he's air. He's a very But he, he was just guy. essentially trying to say, like, I deserve top five, you know, top ten. Mm. And uh, I, he's definitely going to get it now. So I got a fun one. Here's my thing. Okay. 2021... I'm all about just getting one fight. I'm limiting myself to one guy in these matchmakings. I don't want to give myself too much room. But to you just... know we're going to steer away from this. No, I will not. I'm not. You do whatever you want. But here's the fight. You're going to give one fight. Yeah, because I don't want to. I, I want to just say who I think should be next. Your number wanna, one option. I don't want to give two or three options because then if it happens, I'm going to be like, oh, well, I picked it. Yeah, I picked half the damn division. I want to do this with you, but... You I... don't have to. No, don't do it then. You know, you do you. Do you. Okay. But Neil Dariush, I'm giving you Dan Hooker next. Ooh. Number eight. <laughs> so, Dan Hooker has dropped quite a bit here. He's down to number eight. Um, below him, you got Paul Felder and then Diego. So, Benil's probably going to be placed at number 10, I would say. I would imagine. Um, that leaves in front of him guys like Paul Felder, who I think Paul Felder's probably not going to... I don't see that fight happening. It'd be fun. It would be fun. And then you got Dan Hooker, number eight. And I think the road ahead of him might be just a bit too high for him yet. But if he's able to beat a guy like Dan Hooker, I mean, that would just really open up the floodgates for that top five. That's a fight of the night. Dan Hooker has... He beat Paul Felder. He just lost to Michael Chandler. Before that, he was in a fight of the year with Dustin Poirier. If you're able to beat Dan Hooker, dare I say, even finish Dan Hooker, then people are going to be like, oh, well, is he better than Michael Chandler? Right. Let's see it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So that's the fight I'm going to give him. Maybe not quite as high as he would like, but after that, you got a few guys that I just think might be. I won't say the names because I'm going to let you talk. But on the other end, Diego Fajera. What? I, I was waiting oh. to see what you were going to uh, say. So Diego's probably going to drop to about 11. But right now he's ranked 10th. I'm not going to have him go too much lower than where he already is. I'm actually going to have him welcome back Kevin Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you get that class. Yeah. It's a grappler versus a guy who's really good at submissions. That's a fun fight. And sure. Kevin Lee has definitely been caught in some submissions over his career. So uh, 
Charles Oliveira. Yes, yes. Um, Ke- uh, Tony Ferguson. Yes, to name So I think that could be a really fun fight. Yeah. And you welcome back Kevin Lee, who's at that, uh, I think he tours ACL. Yeah. Has well, a brand new tattoo on his head. Yeah, and I, I, I was considering Ally Quinta. But I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what Al's doing, so I'm just going to go. Those are my two that I'm booking. Okay, so the Diego and uh, Kevin Lee, boom, yeah. 100%. That's what I agree with. Okay, so you said uh, uh, Darius and Hooker love that fight, so I'm just going to give one extra option okay. as my pick then. What about RDA? I'm all for it. Would RDA take it, though? That's my thing. Yeah. So I think after di- what I I was trying not be a little mum about it because I wanted to let you mm. give your prediction, but after Dan Hooker, you got seventh through. After RDA, you got Conor McGregor, who's definitely not. He's not fighting Darius. But RDA, you I could see it, but I think RDA is looking too far ahead. You got Tony Ferguson at number five. Yeah, RDA is probably wanting to fight with him or even yeah. Charles Oliveira at three. Yeah. You know, there's. There's guys ahead that I think RDA is looking towards right now. I don't think he takes a fight with Darius right now. I, so safe to say, regardless here, if uh, so, Darius is going to go to number ten. Seven, eight, nine is probably what he's going to get next. Yeah, one I, of the three. I would like to think so, but yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if they still gave him a guy like if Islam Makachev wins his next fight. It wouldn't surprise me if they put him against Islam. Or, yeah, he's got Drew Dober still. Yeah, right? yeah. if he if he beats Drew Dober, they might even put him against Ally Quinta or Kevin. Like it wouldn't surprise me just because. They, they, I don't think they have a ton of stock, and they're, they're not in the Benil Darius fan club like right, we are. Right, we are. But I think Benil's thirty-one. He's had a very underrated career in the UFC. He's looked really good, and I think there's a really good chance this guy could make a really big run here as he's hitting his athletic prime. Yeah. I really believe in him. It's not all jokes, you know. Sometimes we might act like we're kind of joking when we talk about being fans of these guys, but You're I'm dead I, serious. I'm serious. I really like Darius, and I like the skills that he brings, and he puts on exciting fights. Yeah, yeah. They just had a fight of the night. At least that's what it was awarded. I'm not going to give it my fight of the night, but then he, if it wasn't for the fact that it was right before Whaley versus Joanna at UFC 247, he was. It was comeback of the year. Him and Dracker Close was an amazing fight. It was a very underrated pick for fight of the year. Yeah. But guess what? It wasn't even a fight of the night. Yeah. Because it was right before fucking the best oh, women's hey, fight hey. of all time. And by the way, between last night and that fight you just mentioned, you know what he had sandwiched in the middle? A That's, spinning back fist yep, KO. Scott Holtzman. That spinning was the first back. card we ever talked about. Yeah. So. Just saying. Benil Darius. We love you. Yeah. Let's move on. Get on the podcast. Let's move on. Okay. Flyweights. Alexandre Pantoja. This is another thing we're passionate about, flyweights, damn mm-hmm. it. And Manel Cape, so... Former Ryzen champion. I'll start here. Yeah. Um, If I just look at the fight as a whole, uh, didn't really go the way I thought. We both we predicted said, this yeah. to be fight of the night. Yeah. Um, not going to say it was a bad fight. It was you a actually, fight You enjoyed it a lot more than I did. Yeah. I wasn't... I was a bit disappointed in this one. I was disappointed with one. Cape. I was disappointed with Cape. Yeah. Pantoja, I thought looked great. He looked and good. He pretty much won this fight on output. Yeah. That was the difference here. Pantoja was throwing, letting him fly. He was landing, but he, he just was. didn't throw enough. Cape looked like he was really trying to set up like a... Um, he wanted that one shot. He wanted the one shot, and he was looking to look for a counter. Like the one counter, the perfect counter. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't coming. And he was getting ate up with some leg kicks, too. Some of those, he, his foot was plant, leg planted straight, Whew. making his knee buckle. Yeah. I was like, man, just after, after leg kicks have been so prominent after the Poirier-McGregor yeah. fight that you just notice them more now. But 
yeah, I'm very excited for Pantoja here. Just the fact that Cape was a big prospect for the UFC. I mean, this was, it might not have been on the level of uh, Michael Chandler, but in a lot of ways, That's I think it was, I think it was too. the same level. Oh yeah. It's just flyweight. It's less talked about, but. And I, and I'm, I will say this, Cape didn't look bad. Again, it was like the output thing. Mm-hmm. He's not going anywhere. He'll be back. He's going to fight another top 15. We'll talk about it. But Pantoja looked so crisp and technical. This was a very technical fight, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, it was feeling out in round one. Pantoja was way more active, landed better shots. Round two, ooh. If you want to talk about a round that could be anybody's round, that was So I personally scored it to Cape. Yeah. However, the stats showed that Pantoja outlanded him. Yeah. And it seemed like the majority of those live tweets they were showing had people at home scoring it for Pantoja. I had it two to one at the end of the day for Pantoja. Yeah, round three got a little rowdy. Cape landed a <laughs> takedown or so, but couldn't hold him down. It, this was Pantoja only disappointing because Cape has shown to be such an exciting fighter, such yeah. a such a great athlete, and just a very great great technique. Still very young. He showed dude. a lot of technique. I just didn't see much of the excitement. He looked yeah. like maybe he's a little gun shy. Maybe yeah. it's. The big, the big lights, maybe just a bit too bright on this night. But well, I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with this question before mm-hmm. we get into Pantosia. What do you want for Cape next? So, I think that you can still keep Cape in this area for you know, sure. Pantosia was ranked fifth coming in here for sure. I think you can still have him fight in and around the top ten. I'm actually gonna give him number seven, Kai Kara France. I think both of them coming off losses. Kai Karen France is still a very tough fighter in that division, but it's still at, it's in that same skill level. And Kai Kara France showed in his fight with Brandon Royval that he will <laughs> take the fight to you. Oh, bang. And I want to see Cape show more output. And I think that that's a guy that can maybe bring that out of him. You know, Pantoja had a very smart performance. And I think that Kara France will kind of, not that he won't be as smart about it, but he will definitely let it fly as I keep saying. So, uh, do you want to go ahead and give your thoughts for Cape? Machinel. Technical nice. boxer. Coming off that win against Tyson Nam. I almost said Max again. <laughs> Damn it, Noah. <laughs> He's tied for eighth. I don't know how the fuck you can have people tied for rankings, but they have him tied. I'm just going to say he's number nine. I think that would be a really fun stand-up war, and I think it's an opportunity for Cape to right his wrongs, come out and be more aggressive, and take the fight to Schnell, because in the fight with Tyson Nam. Mm-hmm. Schnell's getting hit. Tyson Nam's got some bombs. But overall, he's a very crisp technical boxer. So at the end of the day, it could be a very similar fight to this one. But if Cape realizes that he just needs to up it just a little bit more, I think that's a fun fight, and it'd be a big win for him. I well. like it. And for Schnell. That'd be the really the biggest yeah. name on his resume. I mean, Schnell did get that big win over Tyson Nam, so yeah. I can totally see that. So I like that one. On the flip end, this Pantoja. Is Pantoja's in a weird spot. I only got one. Yeah, I mean, he's in a weird spot. He's already lost to the champ, yep. Davison, before he got the belt. And, and he then, beat Moreno. Crazy. Yeah, I know. He beat Moreno. So I guess in that way, like, he's not in a weird spot, but kind of is. Depends on what happens in their rematch with Moreno and Davison. He also lost to Askar Askarov. I give him Alex Perez. Alex Perez being the guy who fought uh, Davison for the belt before Moreno. Uh, Alex Perez is a younger guy coming off of the Contender Series. Pantoja a bit older. Not too much older, 
but a guy with a lot more experience. I think that could be kind of that youth versus veteran they fight. Fought either. No, and I think it'd just be a lot of fun, and it makes sense because Alex Perez is ranked fourth, Pantoja fifth. If Pantoja wants a chance to kind of amend some of those losses on his record, I think you got to get through Perez, who mm. has fought for the belt already. Mm-hmm. Raw dog. <laughs> yeah. Raw, Perez or Raw dog. Yeah, right? I mean, it does. No, so a we're really fight. hitting hard. It's right a great here fight. Yeah. Raw dog, you know, had that fight. Um, Shoot, with Moreno. Uh, very exciting fight. He did lose that first round, but he inevitably lost the fight because he popped his damn shoulder out of place. Yeah. Poor guy. But uh, you talk about a guy being fast-tracked and really was living up to the hype. It was Brandon and I, uh, Roy Val, of course. And I don't think you can take anything away from him for losing to Moreno, especially after what Moreno just did with Figgy, about to have a rematch. Roy Val deserves to fight another contender guy. Uh, so... Really, those three guys need to work out fights between each other in some yeah. way or the other. Because Mantos just sandwiched right in the middle of both of them. So. True. Moving That's on. all I got, yeah. Legend fight. Yep. This is my fight of the night. Clay Guida, Michael Johnson. It was just a good old fight. It was what I wanted it to be. These are two guys who aren't going to be fighting for belts. They're basically fighting for the love of the damn game. Yeah. And you know what? They put it all out there, man. They stood and banged, but but ultimately the edge here for Guida being that he just had it more complete. So aggressive, man. His so, wrestling. Well, his <laughs> cardio king right there. Yeah, yeah. And also the fact that he just had more weapons. Michael Johnson could never truly get too comfortable because Guida would take him down. Yeah. And, and on the feet. And on Guido the feet. Guida, big, I think uh, Guida hurt, hurt Johnson more than Johnson hurt Guida. On the feet, though, this fight was awesome. Just yeah, it was. Two guys just literally biting down on the mouthpiece and just throwing haymakers. Slobber knocker. And that's what I, I just, I have a lot of enjoyment seeing those two do that. It was a really fun fight. Not a ton to take away here just because that might be the end for at least Michael Johnson. That might have been the last time we see him in the UFC. Hey, between these two guys, 54 UFC fights. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah, uh, all respect to both of them. Though you know, I'm I'm sad for Michael Johnson. You know, the he's on. <laughs> I always talk about the stat, right? Yeah, he's beat Dustin Poirier and Tony Ferguson, and yet he's just never was quite able to break through. I mean, he he fought Habib. That was a he freaking title. Welcome Justin Gaethje. Yeah. I mean, he this guy he's was, been there and done that. It's just unfortunate that it's he's just kind of slowed down right when he hit right when he hit his like his peak as far as in rankings and whatnot mm-hmm. is like the, the the end of his peak as a fighter. So, yeah, I was a really fun fight. I mean, Guida totally was able to get those takedowns whenever he wanted, basically. Johnson had some decent takedown defense, but ultimately when they were standing and banging, Guida was just able to... That surprised me. Yeah. I thought Johnson would have the advantage. That's what I feet. thought, too. That's why I picked Johnson to win. I knew Guida would have an advantage if the fight got to the ground. I just didn't... I didn't think he'd quite be able He's to do so it. He's so aggressive, man. I mean, the guy's cardio is just on another Unmatched, level. Unmatched, And yeah. I will say Johnson didn't look aw- awfully tired, considering he was fighting off a lot of takedowns. Great fight. It's hard to matchmake for these two guys. Uh, uh, I, I I will say one thing. In uh, Guida's post-fight presser, he said, Hey, man, I'm sick of fighting guys like me. I want to fight a fresh face, a new up-and-comer. Ooh. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, what? Get, I respect it. Do it. Because a lot of times when the UFC does that, people get pissed because they're yeah. like, oh, look at you just feeding these. But if we have his blessing, <laughs> hey, let's do it. 
And you know what? That's a tough guy to welcome anybody. Guida Chandler. He is such a t- just, yeah, he's, just he's such a just tough guy to. If fight. you can beat Guida and just get through that, I mean, he's going to take you to deep water. <laughs> yeah, you know he really what I mean? Does so. Yeah. You know, doesn't get quite the respect he deserves at times. He's been there and done that with all of them, man. He's yeah. been there since the BJ Penn Sean Shirt days too. Diego Sanchez, their yeah. fight was insane. To the so, UFC uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah, man. So. Why not? Give him some up-and-comer. Up I don't know some of the unranked guys. There's so many in the lightweight division. Give him one of them. It'd be yeah. fun. Awesome. Now, uh, the co-main event. Corey Sanhagen made a statement. Corey Sanhagen is unbelievable. He knocked out Frankie Edgar with a flying knee 28 seconds into the first round. Obviously, there's not a ton to talk about <laughs> from an action perspective. However, I will just note that... Uh, Frankie, this this flying knee was set up so beautifully. It was due to the fact that it was in a striking exchange. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. A lot of times when you see flying knees, They'll the first thing you think of Jorge Masvidal, Ben Askren, a guy's going for that takedown, and you throw the knee. Yoel and Chris Weidman, same Yoel, thing. Chris Weidman, even uh, well, no, not necessarily. Derek. The only other one I can think of is uh, Edson Barboza. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, forget who that was. That Dariush he did that to. He did knock out Dariush. It might have been. I think it was the flying, and that was that's the only one I could think of that was kind of similar. But this one was set up so beautifully, literally just it in the middle a, of a striking exchange. It, Frankie was very aggressive, and Corey just was waiting for that moment to throw that. You, knee. you have to be an elite level fighter to do what he did. Yeah, and to time that and see that opening happen. It was unbelievable. It left me speechless. So I'm just going to say that Corey Sanhagen should be fighting the winner. I, ooh, you know what? Nope, I'm not going to say We're going to say the same thing then. TJ Dillashaw. Yeah. Winner fights the winner of Sterling Yon. Yeah. Yeah. At first I was going to say the winner of Yon Aljo, but I'm like, fuck it, man. Let the guy fight again. Do it in April. Why not? He just won in 28 seconds. And I know Shit, he, dude, in March. I know he should be fighting for a belt, but that TJ fight's huge. And he knows. He's got to know in the back of his head the UFC is probably going to want to put TJ in that title If he beats over. TJ, if he finishes TJ. <laughs> wait, listen here. I want to give a little shout out to Ariel Helwani here. He kind of tweeted this last night. But think about this. Two back-to-back finishes in the fashion that Corey Sandhagen did. So if you don't know. Corey's last fight against Marlon Marais, uh, headliner on Fight Island, spinning wheel kick KO. Spinning wheel kick. Last night, Saturday night, I should say, against Frankie, flying knee. Back-to-back. You don't see spectacular. Like, you'll see people get knockouts back-to-back, one-punch KOs, whatever. To do it in the fashion that Corey has, two straight fights against two elite-level fighters. An elite-level former title challenger and an elite Frankie Edgar that's been there and done that with the who's who of the UFC. That's unprecedented stuff. Yeah. Him and TJ, number one contender fight in March or April. If it happens in March, I'm not going to be able to comprehend the month of March. It's going to be really bad because I already can't. I don't want to get into it. (laughs) TJ, Corey, number one contender fight. That's it. That's the fight. On the flip end. I don't know. So Frankie Edgar. I don't want to be mean and say retirement. But at the same time, he doesn't have anything left to prove. He doesn't. But I'm gonna. I'm not gonna not give him a fight here. Well, you. I want to add to this before we say. He, it's not like he got outclassed and just destroyed. That knee that Corey landed knocks out anybody. It really does. So you can't really take away from Frankie. It's just the fact that we've seen Frankie, a guy who had. Such, it's happening more and more. Such the a KO. Good chin, and then you got Ortega. 
Korean zombie. And, goes down in weight. And they're bad. They're brutal. They are brutal. So, go ahead. The fight I'm going to give him, and maybe this, depending on how you look at this, this might be feel like I'm really just trying to hurt Frankie, but I'm not. I'm going with number seven, Marlon Marais. Marlon Marais has... I don't hate that. You know, it, you've seen Marais be getting... He's been getting finished quite a bit recently. Rob Fott, before that, Mr. Corey Sanhagen. Before that, had that controversial win over Jose Aldo. Marais has just not had a great run of things since his title fight loss to Henry Cejudo. Before that, he looked like an absolute killer, but it's starting to look like he might not have that ability. Yeah, he's in a weird stretch. Right now. Yeah. Frankie Edgar's not necessarily a guy that has the power to knock out Marais with one shot. At least you wouldn't think. However, I think that he can bring this into where it's a dogfight for the two. Marais definitely has the power to knock out Frankie at this point. But and even in the Rob Font fight, he just didn't look... It looked like he was kind of like how Ngannou got his soul taken and then in a follow-up fight with Lewis and he just didn't look the same, right? He just yep. looked scared almost like he didn't want to throw the big the big overhand right or whatever rice is kind of going through that yeah so if you're gonna get frankie a fight i think you go up against a guy, another guy kind of struggling to find his place while i'm rice let them to basically fight to stay on the island so to speak i still want to see frankie and dom dominic cruz nice. um so dominic cruz is fighting casey kenny in march yep so i think win or lose i think you should do Frankie and uh, Cruz. I think that'd be really fun. Frankie and Aldo would be cool, but Aldo needs to fight Cody. That's why I didn't say it. Yeah. So, I think Frankie and Dominic Cruz, man. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. Dominic has nothing left to prove. He can still get to a belt. I don't doubt that. He's just a lot less active now and does the commentary a lot. He was on the commentary team last night for the fights. But it's just like, I think fights like that are more fun for Frankie now. Aldo, Dominic Cruz. Yeah, the I guys guess. that are just veterans and done it all. I'm all for I'm for Because I think Cruz. after last night... Frankie probably not going to earn that title shot anytime soon. That that might be, like he can still fight, but now with how top heavy this division is going to be, and he's just going to move back. We got guys like Rob Font coming in now. Aldo and Garbrandt still hanging around. Munoz is fighting Rivera. Yep. Uh, this weekend, so I like Frankie and Dominic Cruz. That'd be cool. I agree. But yeah, that's all. Moving on to the main event. If he dies, Drago. He dies. And best yeah. performance of his UFC career. By far. Um, he looked great. Don't get me wrong. He looked good against Derek Lewis up until... Um, he got knocked out. Until Derek Lewis was like, my balls are too hot. I'm going to take this guy out. Yeah. Until Donald Trump called him and said, take this Russian motherfucker out. Yeah, according to Derek. <laughs> yeah. Um, what a performance. Volkov and looked nearly flawless. He really did. And Alistair, you know, we, uh, we were very much rooting for him on this one last ride he had going on. So I guess, uh, let's talk about the fight first. Okay. Uh, first Aldo. round, I thought, was definitely Volkov won the first round. Don't get me wrong. But it felt like Overeem was still in the fight. Like, it, it, it seemed like he wasn't quite comfortable. Like, it was a big, it felt like, uh, you know how you see fights where it's a feeling out process? It felt like Overeem was trying to feel out Volkov, and Volkov had already. Volkov felt, was so aggressive. Volkov was like, I've already, the leg kicks early on already were taking a effect. Mm -hmm. And then he started landing those shots. Overeem has a bad habit when he gets put up against the cage. He just kind of turtles Shells up. up. Yeah, yeah. And he did that a couple times. Uh, Volkov's aggression was really showing there. That's something we hadn't seen a lot from him in his career so far. Second round, though, 
The oh, moment man. he broke Overeem's nose it and it started done. gushing blood, that was the beginning was of the end. Uh, two minutes later, lands a nasty shot that drops Overeem and then fight. Shout out Jason Herzog. Yeah, he didn't have he to did. go in and hit him anymore. Uh, what a fight for Volkov, though, really. I mean, he was, looked. He's 7 and 2 now. Or, wait, 9 and 2 or 7 and 2? One of the two <laughs> in the UFC. Regardless, a great record. It's just, he's such a unique fighter and character yeah. like he's six foot seven incredible striker with great clinch work but it's like okay if you take him down you might have an easy path to victory however Overeem tried and failed many times last night Curtis Blades did it with ease over and over again Blades is a problem for anybody <laughs> with his wrestling but you get what I'm saying mm-hmm. there are still weaknesses but if you're on the feet with Volkov he's got crispy striking for a heavyweight especially yeah and a lot of people said he didn't have like that one shot power. He'll like piece people up. One shot power last night. He really did. I was the one that said that. Mm-hmm. I said I didn't think he had the one punch power for it. But he, when it, when he was more since he was being aggressive, it felt like yeah. he just had. He more was of a shots. lot more aggressive last night than usual, and I think that's a big takeaway. Yeah, he needs to continue being more aggressive. And maybe and it was. It might have just more been more aggressive. Isn't like a crazy pace. It's just. He can control you. And maybe that was because he just didn't feel like he had to worry about the takedown. Like, he was like, I, I don't think this guy can take me down. While in a Blades fight, he was always worried about that. But then you look at even the Derek Lewis fight, where he was winning for the majority of the thing. Still didn't see that level of aggression. Even the Walt Harris fight, he wasn't that aggressive. It was just the, yeah. the body work with the leg kicks was incredible. Yeah, he does have good kicks. Yeah. Underrated kicks. Underrated kicks. Now, if you want to talk about matchmaking, I think Overeem's done. Is he? He might take another fight, but should he? No. I'm fine with him not. Because I, mean, I feel who like, you, who I feel like you... the one last ride thing comes one way. You either keep going to the title and win it or lose it, or you lose and it's like, okay. I mean, who do you really place him against? This loss hinders him getting close to a title so by so much time. Yeah. Because there's way too much shit going He's on. He's literally fought almost everybody in this top 15. Yeah, he probably... Yeah. All right, let me start with the winner here. Alexander Volkov, I think, needs to fight the winner of Rosenstroik and Gane. We're on it. Nice. That's the one. That's the one. I, th- yeah. I mean, Because really, ahead of him, you got Derek Lewis, who he's already fought. And he's Curtis, fighting Blades Curtis this Blades, month. He's already fought. True. He's not fighting Ngane. Ngane's no. fighting for the belt. And he's not going to fight John Jones because John Jones is going to fight the winner of Ngane. Him and Steve Jones would be kind of funky. It, I, you know what? <laughs> I think he could actually, maybe hot take, I think he could actually give Jones the fits. He, He's got the size for it. He, it could funky. be much like a Gus yeah. fight, in yeah. my opinion. But, um, yeah. I'm going to go with the winner. Rosenstroik and Ngane for yeah. sure. Yeah. And then, if I have to pair up over him, this might sound disrespectful, but it's the one guy who maybe he hasn't fought. 15 Tibera. Because yeah. he's not going to be fighting Tibera just cracked back into the rankings. Yep. So I would go with Tibera. Or you know what? I wouldn't even mind. Maybe they have fought before. I wouldn't mind seeing him fight... Uh, JDS. I know they fought before. I thought that's what that, you were no, going to say. I was actually going to say oh. uh, my boy, uh, Andre Arlovsky. <laughs> Loser leaves the brand? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. But I, I'll stick with Tibera, being that he's 15th. Yeah, I... He might be done. He might not. He said he's going to take a lot of time off yeah. to be with the family. Yeah. Regardless, Overeem, dude, 
You're what a, what a you're one of, of the greatest heavyweight MMA fighters ever. One of the best fighters that never won a UFC belt. Yeah, you. I mean, a they Grand Prix champion, Strike Force champion, every accolade you can imagine outside of UFC belt, he's done it. And he's at least fought for the belt, and he damn near won it. Yeah, he really did. So he got as close as you can get, and I feel honored that we got to see him fight in person. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So shout Keep, out to uh, Alistair head up, chin up. Yeah, you've done everything. You, you're a Hall of Famer. What a career. Yeah. And Volkov, buddy. He showed me a lot. Damn. I was definitely talking a little negative about him he Friday. He had his best performance he, in front of a lot of eyes. I definitely feel a little bit more confident in his, uh, you know. Him La- Saturday night's Volkov is a dangerous fight for anyone. His longevity in this division definitely feels, I feel a bit more comfortable. In Only it 32 years old. And I think that a fight with Rosenstreich or Gane could be... Him and Gane. Is... Oh, man. Woo! Yeah. Woo! But until then, we're going to close the book. Another one. On hashtag UFC Vegas 18. As for the rest of the week, Wednesday, this one's a little extra special. Oh, yeah. It's classic pay-per-view review time. Well, at... We're kind of thinking one a month for one this. One a month, you yeah. Know? Why not? There's so many to go through. I know. <laughs> so we're going to take it back. To a little event. A random one. Back in June of 2016. This is fun. Called UFC 199 Headlined by Luke Rockhold defending his middleweight championship against Michael Bisping. It pulls at the heartstrings a little now with this one. It does. This one's really actually special because it was the very first pay-per-view I watched live. Think about that. Just five years ago. Look how far you've come. You want to know why I watched it live? Because a, a, a good friend of mine that I had just graduated high school with, we were about we to go were to college, fresh out. <laughs> about to go to college together. Dominic Lee goes, "Hey man, you want to come watch these fights? We're gonna order some pizza and watch some fights." And I was like, "You know what? Why not?" And then I immediately fell in love with it. So the I'm very excited. History. I'm very excited uh, to watch this card back and just relive kind of some of those memories, some stuff maybe I've forgotten. This is, I mean. A monumental pay-per-view, though. Really. Yeah. I mean, Bisbing shocked the world. Yeah. Did the unthinkable. We'll talk about it more. I'm not going to get too much into it. But it's a big pay-per-view. And it's like, we don't just want to do, like, oh, UFC 1, UFC 100, UFC 200. We want to do a bunch of them. Yeah. Random ones and big ones. Yep. So, here's the random one. But it's special to us. And it that's is. what matters. Yep. So, I'll be coming on Wednesday. Friday, it's another preview episode. And we're not taking slander. Nope. We're not going to take it, though. Nope, 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 nope. nope. UFC 258, headlined by Kamaru Usman versus Gilbert Burns. That's a great fight. Oh, man. And you know what? I've heard a lot of chit-chatter. You know who you are. Our own damn friends are shitting on this card. We're not letting it happen. We're not going to take it, because we are here for this card. Yes. Hey, rank contenders from top to bottom. Mm Mm-hmm. Future prospects, future title challengers. It, they're all there. Everything's here. They're all here. there. All laid out on the table. Yep. Plus a title fight. Yep. Between one of the most dominant champions there is in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And his toughest challenge, dare I say. Ooh. That's an interesting take. Ooh. I like it. I like it. But we're going to be breaking down the whole main card for that on Friday. And, yeah. So that's the rest of the week. But until then, <laughs> Dominic Slee, tell the people where they can find you on social media. Twitter, Instagram, at dslee 14 Oh, also, fun little article coming out this week. Be sure to tune in. I will be previewing Macy Barber versus Alexa Grasso on the UFC 258 card. It's our which co-main we, event. Yes, that is the co-main. That's going to be my preview article for Overtime Heroics. Shout out to the team. 
Give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, all the fun stuff. Check out my article. I think I do a pretty good job. Anyway, follow the podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, at B-A-J underscore MMA podcast. Noah, here you go. Support Overtime Heroics. Support Dominic. And my endeavors. Mm-hmm. MMA endeavors. If you go to my Twitter or Instagram, <laughs> my bio on Twitter or Instagram, at NTBaker underscore, you'll be taken to our link tree, which gives you the links to all the platforms that the podcast is on along with the social media platforms. That includes the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube channel, and Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. It's all on there, baby. And there's a couple links for the Anchor page. First, recording a voice message. Give us your thoughts on what we talked about in the lightweight division today. And yes, please. if you want to talk about this upcoming pay-per-view, give us a prediction for your main event or any you, other fights If on you the slander, be prepared to get shit on in oh, the Oh, get shit on. Go ahead and do it. Do it. Shit on. <laughs> do it, and we will shit on you on the podcast <laughs> If you want to do that, go ahead, by all means. We'll or, if you, you. or if you want to tell us we're a piece of shit or whatever. That we won't slander. 60 seconds, you got it. It'll be on the podcast. Go check that out. There's a link on the link tree. And there's another link if you want to become a supporter of the podcast. That just provides with a few dollars a month and all that money goes back into improving the podcast. Whether it be the audio equipment or down the line doing a video podcast. So again, you can find all of that if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore. But with that, we're out. We'll see you all on... Oh, baby.